This is Get a Real Job, the podcast devoted to people who choose risk over safe bets, who pursue their passion against all odds and are doing what they want, how they want, despite people and sometimes the voices in their own heads telling them they're nuts. When the field that I wanted to work in didn't exist, I created it. The only thing you have to decide is how hard you want to work. I really never went into the design of the restaurant of not succeeding. One way or another, I was going to succeed. I'm your host, Dan Bova, editorial director of entrepreneur.com. Thanks for listening. And now, get a real job. Today's guest runs a live performance brand, an empire really, that at certain points in time has had 45 shows playing across five continents, pulling in $1 billion annually in ticket sales. Not too shabby. I'm talking, of course, about Cirque du Soleil. And if you're like me, you've seen more than one of their shows. You enjoyed them immensely. And you couldn't even begin to explain to someone else what you just saw. So I'm going to leave that to the man in charge. Please welcome Executive Vice Chairman for Cirque du Soleil, Daniel Lamar. Daniel, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Nice having the opportunity to talk to you. Yes. And I'm sorry, I, I probably am not saying... I'm saying Daniel like I say my own name, but it, you probably pronounce it slightly differently. So uh, for those people who are listening to this, who somehow, some way don't know what Cirque du Soleil is, how would you describe it to them? It's, you know, when Cirque du Soleil started 37 years ago, people didn't know how to describe it. And even to date, 37 years later, you don't know how to describe our show because you will start to say it's not a circus, it's not theatrical, it's not music, it's not dance, it's all of the above. Right. And I will probably interrupt you and say, this is Cirque du Soleil. It's a new category of show that our founder, Guy La Liberté, has created 37 years ago. Uh, I mean, it it is, as you say, it's that's a great way to say it. It's Cirque du Soleil. It's, you know when you see it. Um, and it's it's pretty incredible. So you joined this back in 2001. Is that right? That's correct. I just completed my 21st year. So uh, which is amazing. And so so what were you doing before that? Like, what What's a person's journey that leads them to to eventually to where you are now? But even just getting involved. Yeah, uh, there is there is a good parallel story between uh, my career and, and Guy La Liberté and Cirque, because I was the owner of the largest PR firm in Canada. Mm. And I did a mandate for Guy in 1986 when Cirque du Soleil had no money. And Guy came in my office with my bill saying, Daniel, I'm so sorry, I won't be able to pay you. And I said, Guy, what you're trying to do is so amazing. Just forget it. Huh. And then 13 years later, later, moving forward, I became the CEO of a TV network in Canada. And I called Guy and I said, Guy, I would love to have your TV rights. And he said, oh, it's going to be complicated because by then Cirque was already successful and they had an international company representing their TV rights. But then the following day, I received the most touching letter from Guy saying, Danielle, has been helping me 13 years ago. He wants my TV rights. Do what you have to do. Huh. I found it very, very touching. Wow. And uh, and then after that, we start to see each other on a more regular basis uh, for those uh, TV shows. And then out of the blue, 
he called me from London. He was in a trip in London. And he said, I had this amazing flash last night. And I said, what is it? He says, you're going to join the circus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's incredible. And what, I mean, just, just going back to your decision to say, I'm not looking to make money off this thing. I just want to support it because I think it's so amazing. Like, what what a what an amazing foresight that you had, and that, I think that's a pretty great lesson to not always just be chasing a dollar. Yeah, you know, I, I was a true believer that Cirque du Soleil at the time was ready to take off the ground. You know, they they were successful in North America, but I and a little bit in Europe, but I thought there was a huge potential of development to become a truly global brand. And that was my motivation. And I knew that if we succeed in doing that, probably I will be rewarded. But the challenge was the trigger for me to leave the traditional world of TV yeah. to the crazy world of circus. Right, right, right. Well, it seems, seems like it's worked out so far seems like you made a good choice there. But uh, so, uh, well, let me ask you, uh, in, in your role and the roles that you had, uh, how hands are, hands-on are you in the creation of these shows? Uh, are you there at the, you know, the, the earliest idea phase of things? Or just, I'm just curious about how these concepts evolve. Um, you know, we could talk about some of the higher profile shows like the, the Beatles Love, but, you know, uh, there's people jumping in water. There's all this crazy stuff going on. Like, how, how does that even start? What's the starting point for one of those shows? Yeah, first of all, my role, uh, you know, I've been CEO for 20 years, and my role was to put together the right condition to support the creative team. Mm. Creative team starts with three key players, the director of the show, the creative director, and the, the production director. Those three people would come in my office and at the time with Guy, and we will give them a creative mandate and we will give them some uh, basic parameters about what we are looking for for a new show. And then it will take probably between 18 to 24 months before between that mandate, mm. that briefing session and the opening of a show. And where do those where do those mandates come from? Like, where do you find the inspiration for those? Yeah, it's uh, it's either a team that we would like to explore, a new technology that we would like to bring in, mm. uh, a new style of of music. Uh, so it it comes from different side of uh, of our brain, but uh, but but it's just like a premise, and from there, it's the job of the creative team to develop this preliminary idea or team and bring that to a, uh, a, a show concept. So, you know, I want to get into uh, your kind of leadership uh, of this incredible creative force and bringing the teams together. And, uh, you know, we're talking about, you've, you've got a new book out that talks about all of this. It's called Balancing Acts, Unleashing the Power of creativity in your life and work, which uh, I I can't wait to read. I read a little bit about uh, a little. I read a little of it before our interview. I can't wait to read more. And I'm paraphrasing, but you say that you know, no matter who you are, an, uh, an entrepreneur, an executive, professional, if you aren't prioritizing creativity, 
you are wasting your time. Uh, I kind of love that, but I would love for you to uh, to uh, uh, talk more about that concept. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty radical about that because on one end, I, I say that there is no business without creativity, and I truly believe that. And a very bad example of that is Kodak, that stopped being creative and 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 stopped you know, understanding the market and, you know, we know what happened to Kodak. Right. On the other end of the spectrum, you look to Steve Jobs or you look to Elon Musk and, and, and you see how those creative people have changed the world. And, and for me, if you want to keep your leadership, it doesn't matter in what sector you are. You have to be creative because if you're not, someone else will. And one day they will take over your business. So. I think that's great. And I think if you talk to most people, most people either think they are creative or say, sure, yeah, I want to be more uh, creative. How? How do you how do you tap into creativity? How do you expand your mind? How do you expand uh, your um, your focus? Yeah, I've learned uh, coming from the corporate traditional world. I learned from Cirque, from from great creators. And, uh, and, and if I put together the key elements of creativity for any type of business, I think it's important first that you create a creative environment, that your employees are mobilized within, within a goal and they understand what type of creativity you are looking for. B, you have to be in the lookout all the time for new ideas. And, and, and three, invest in research and development. And uh, we don't have the size to invest in fundamental research, but we have enough money to invest in ideas in partnership with other organizations, other companies, other universities to develop new ideas and new technologies. And for me, those are the key ingredients of uh, building a creative organization. Well, and what I what I love about that too is so much of what you've already talked about is is collaboration. It's bringing together people and listening to what they have to say and what they can add. Uh, I think some people their their idea of what a creative leader is is someone who sits on a throne or in a tower and scribbles something on paper and hands it down and says, "Do this," um, which is not at all what you're describing. No, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a true believer that, uh, you know, having a creative organization is a collective. Mm. Uh, Cirque du Soleil is not a, a one man or a one woman show. It's a collective. You cannot build or create any show at Cirque if you don't have at least a team of 20 people at the end of the day that will bring all their various discipline, music, dance, choreography, scenography, costume, uh, visual effect. So there are a lot of different discipline that will bring together a show, but, but each elements are very, very important. And if you don't understand that you're only one member of the creative team mm-hmm. and not the guru, of right. the team, I think that's the big difference. And that's why we have been successful Uh, working as a team. More coming up from our guests, but first, a word from our sponsor. Support for Entrepreneur is brought to you by Upwork, where you can build a team that will build your business. 
With Upwork, you can find top developers, designers, project managers, and more who can start today so your business can succeed tomorrow. Find talent at home or from 180 countries around the world so you can hire the right talent for whatever your business needs. Upwork, the world's work marketplace. Learn more at www.upwork.com. And our next sponsor. This episode of Get a Real Job is presented by State Farm. Being a small business owner can be so fulfilling, rewarding, and let's be honest, a little scary from time to time. Doing your own thing and being your own boss is great, but sometimes it can make you feel like you're all alone, especially when things aren't going so great. Well, the folks at State Farm want you to know you aren't alone. State Farm has thousands of agents who are small business owners too, so they know what it takes to protect everything you work so hard for. State Farm has an assortment of insurance policies for small businesses that can be tested to your needs. So whether you're a hairstylist, an electrician, or a florist, State Farm agents are ready to help. Learn more and find an agent today at statefarm.com slash smallbusiness. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And we're back. So a challenge I think that a lot of uh, leaders uh, is, is striking a balance is you know, you have an idea. So let's let's just use, uh, you know, the Cirque du Soleil love show that was uh, based on the music of the Beatles. Um, you know, that's that's maybe that's the core of the idea. Um, and you, uh, you know, you bring that to people and then people start interpreting it. Da, 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 and then like one of someone's like, oh, but what if it was the music of the Bee Gees instead? You know, and it turns this total corner, you know, how do you keep things on track without stamping down creativity? Yeah, first of all, uh, there's not that many iconic music band. And for me, the Beatles are, are, are the ultimate. Yeah. But, but the other point I would like to make is you also, you also have to seize the opportunity because it's that idea started in a very informal way, having uh, George Harrison attending one of our party in Montreal and fall in love with the group of people that were there and our creative people and uh, suggested that maybe we should talk. And mm. that's how it started. And I had a similar experience with James Cameron when we did the show on Avatar. So when those opportunity arise, you just have to seize it and just yeah. learn with it. Even if it wasn't planned that we will do Beatles shows, even if it wasn't planned that we'll do an Avatar show, it doesn't matter. Those yeah. opportunities are so important. You have to jump on it and run with it. Right, right. Absolutely. Um, so you mentioned the, the uh, sort of a typical time frame of from, from the idea to, to a show being a show. Have you had an idea go eight months into development and then say, you know what, this just isn't happening, this isn't working? Yeah. The idea is not to go there, and the way not to go there after eight months is to have regular check checkpoints. Mm. And I mean, every three weeks or a month at the latest, that you're able to see as a group is where if we're fishing in the right lake or not. Right. And, and therefore, you have to be able to react. You have to be able to adjust as you are moving along. Uh, because if you wait eight, eight, eight months, then you would have lost a lot of time, a lot of resources, and therefore a lot of money. Right, right. So speaking of money, uh, you know, when we talk about different endeavors, you know, revenue is a key indicator of this is a success or this isn't. 
but just taking a step away from that, when you're talking about creativity, like how do you judge creativity? How do you feel for you personally? What makes you feel like something is success has nothing to do with ticket sales, but just what you're seeing? Uh, it has to do about uh, people's satisfaction when they walk away from our show. People will be surprised to see how analytic we are. We test the satisfaction level of our customer at every single representation. Mm. And if, for instance, we see that that act is always the less loved act, then we'll just take it away and replace it with with a better act. So, so for us, the real and the most important criteria of our success is uh, our customer satisfaction. Have they loved the show? And huh. if they don't feel wow after the show, then we have an issue. Wow. Wow. That, that's incredible. Um, have there been, I, I would imagine that that's not always the easiest decision to make, you know, particularly if it's something that you personally love that for whatever reason isn't connecting with the audience and, oh, we got to keep that in, you know, do you ever, that, that must be a little bit of a struggle sometimes. Yeah, the reality is, and I've seen, uh, I've seen many times where we would look to an act and say, this is an amazing act. I love this act, but it won't be in our show. Uh-huh. Avant garde. It's not acrobatic enough. It yeah. doesn't feed the purpose of what we're doing. And you have to be able to distance your own taste to what the public are looking for. Because if you don't meet your fans' expectation, then you're in trouble. Right. And so, you know, taking that to um to endeavors that maybe aren't based on a, a crazy stage show, but, uh, you know, someone who has a, a business down the block from here. Um, you know, wh- how do you encourage people to think? How do you, cr- what, what are some techniques uh, that you share with people to say, you know, here's a way to sort of get yourself thinking differently or, you know, use a cliche, thinking outside the box. Like what, what are some techniques that people can employ? Do you scribble on paper? Do you stare at the clouds? Like what are some ways to generate ideas? Yeah, there are different ways to send the clear signal to your people. For instance, you will be surprised to learn that I have my own personal clown. So Madame Zazu is my clown. And she would come when we have a meeting and she will make fun of me or she will do a special crazy introduction. And it sounds like crazy, crazy, but the reality is she's not just a clown. She's a symbol of what we do. Mm. And I'm not encouraging other people to hire a clown, but I'm encouraging other people in other sector to have a symbol that remind their employees on a day-to-day basis about what they do. Yeah. And then you mobilize your people by saying, this is what we do. We're show creators and producers. So if you have idea that could influence our future shows, by all means, just send it to me. So mm. people, any of our, you know, 5,000 employees, right. send me an idea. And if we see that there is some merit, we'll react to it. And if we don't see merit, we'll at least answer the employees and explain to them why. 
And, and, and that's important that our employees feel that they are empowered mm. to participate to the creativity of Cirque du Soleil. And I would challenge any organization in any sector of the any industries not to do that because it's working. The, the, the only reasons why it wouldn't work if you're not specific about what you're looking for. Okay. You should be able to be creative. Be creative. What does it mean? Right. Be specific. This is the kind of ideas we're looking for. Mm. Creative. And give a direction that is clear enough that people don't feel that they're wasting their time. Right, right. Uh, that that's that's great. Uh, I, I love that. Sometimes too much freedom, you're just you don't know where to start, but to at least give some parameters. I, I think that's that's fantastic. Um you know, you mentioned five thousand employees. Uh, this is a quite quite a circus you're running. Um, how do you uh, how do you keep so many different people in so many different parts of the world uh, collected, or the unified vision and the look and feel and everything about that? That when people walk into this theater, they're going to experience Cirque du Soleil as it's supposed to be experienced. Yeah, what's important to understand is within Cirque, you have over 80 different nationalities. Mm. And, and I think that's one of the strengths of our organization because people are coming with their with different backgrounds, different culture, uh, different uh, you know, studies. And, uh, and, and the blend of all those nationalities has developed a global brand, has developed shows that are relevant around the world. So, so first and foremost, you have to open yourself. So we like to see ourselves as citizens of the world. Uh, you know, people have been talking about diversity is the new flavor of the month, but we, we haven't talked about diversity at CERC. We live diversity. Mm. We have, we're having so many nationalities of people. There's not one show when, we, when you don't have 20 different nationalities. Right. So imagine people coming from all over the world as a group traveling around the world. It's 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 in itself a unique experience. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Well, um, you know, the, all all of this advice you're giving, I think, is amazing. And uh, I, as I said, I can't wait to dig more into your book. It's called Balancing Acts. Unleashing the Power of Creativity in Your Life and Work. Uh, Danielle, it's been uh, it's been amazing talking to you and uh, for for uh, speaking for people who have seen your work. Uh, you know, it's truly uh, something you've given a gift to people to to witness. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Sir. That's our episode, folks. Hope you enjoyed it. Get a Real Job comes out every Tuesday. So be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you harvest your favorite podcasts. Leave us a review. Give us a share. Don't make me beg people. Go to entrepreneur.com for new episodes of this and to listen to our other great podcasts. Thanks.